You about to listen to Fresh Word with Prophet William Addison. Prophet William Addison is the executive pastor of Eagles House Chapel International, CEO of 12 Foundation International, a revelatory preacher, an international evangelist, and a psalmist. Get ready for the word that will transform your life forever. Thank you for this love, Lord. Go straight into the Bible, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We are still on the subject of faith and what faith gives back to. I told you in the previous um, series of this message that faith has a baby. And one of the babies faith gives birth to is what? Honor. You cannot, you cannot honor without having faith. Because when someone has faith in something, that person wants to invest into that particular thing. He devotes his time. He devotes the, the livelihood of that particular person into that particular thing or institution or a body. Why? Because the person has faith in it, so he honors it. He devotes his time to it. He wants to put money there because the person has faith in it. And that's why he wants to honor it. Now, we also establish that the word honor means to esteem. The word honor means to hold something in, in, in a very high recognition and reverence. We also said that to honor is to adorn something. Okay, to adorn, that is A-D-O-R-N. To adorn it. It also means to venerate. It means to revere. It's like reverence. That's why we call men of God reverend. Okay, we call it reverend. That means that you revere him, you honor him, you respect him. You, you lift him above every other person. He's different. So we want to go into that and, and briefly we want to look at, last week I shared with you why it's important to honor. This morning I want to share with you the reasons why it's good to honor. The reasons why it's good to honor. Ephesians chapter 6, the verse number 2, we see God himself establishing the word honor. Now you have to understand that honor is an ordinance from God. Say ordinance. Come on, say, say ordinance. ordinance. Honor is an ordinance by God and it was instituted by God. Now when God institutes something, you and I are too small to desecrate it. When God establishes something, you and I are too little to disregard it. When God places priority and respect and premium on something, we cannot demean it. It's not possible. We have to honor because God tied a promise to it. I told you the previous, in my previous messages that it's one of the promises, one of the, 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 the promises or one of the ordinances that has a promise attached to it. Now look at the scripture. The Bible said, honor your, your father and your mother, which is what? Come on, talk to me. Which is the first commandment with a promise. So God has made honor a command. Say a command. Come on, talk to me. Say a command. Shout out to me. Say a command. I'm not hearing you. Say command. So in actual fact, when it comes to honor, it's not something anybody begs for. Honor is not something you have to negotiate for. Honor is a command. You have to do it. Tell somebody I'll do it. Come on, say, say I'll do it. Say I will honor. I'm not feeling you this morning. Say, I will, honor. I will honor. You see, it's an institution that God himself established like marriage. God established it. So you cannot destroy it. Anything that God has established 
if you want to kick against it, you will be in trouble. Because the Bible says that you cannot kick against the gods. I'm talking about G-O-A-D-S, not G-O-D-S. The Bible said you cannot kick against the gods. It's not possible. You can't do that. So first reason why you must honor is that honor is a commandment. It is instituted by God. God himself placed it and you can't change it. The second reason why, because of time, run very quickly. The second reason why you must honor is that, let me give a scripture, Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. God demands it. Say demand. First of all, I talked about the command. I talked about second one is demand. Malachi 1 verse 6, quickly. God demands that we honor. I'll show you a scripture. Bible said, a son honors his father. Look at it. Can you see the scripture? The Bible said, a son, that's what, honors his father. So it is a demand. Every son must honor his father. I said what? Come and talk to me. I said what? I'm not hearing. I said what? Every son must honor his father. You cannot take it out. In fact, if you read from the Old Testament, the Old Testament even elaborates his further. Elaborates it further. It says, so that your days may be long. Elaborates it. Ephesians didn't go further. But the Old Testament went further. It said, so that your days may be long. Look at this. Bible said, a son honors his father and a servant his master. Every servant honors his master. God was worried. Because he sees the son honoring their fathers. He sees the, 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 the slaves honoring their masters. But when he came to him, giving him honor. So God was right. He started talking about it. And yes, specifically God was talking to the priests. And I told you the book of Revelation says that all of us are kings and priests and we shall reign with Christ forever. So when the Bible is talking about the priest, it's not only talking about pastors, it's talking about you. Ephesians tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. So we are part of it. Don't say this one, God was only talking to pastors. No, you are also a priest. He's talking to you. Say he's talking to me. Come on, you're not, you're not looking at me and smiling at all. So God demands it. It's a demand from God. It's a demand from God. If something is demanded by God, you cannot say you won't give it. God demands it. He said, if I be your father, where is my honor? God is asking you, if he's your father, where is my honor? In my next series, I will go into the details of why God demands that we honor him. In my next series, I'll go into that. So you have to understand that honor is not negotiable. You don't have to negotiate it. To honor your father, you can't negotiate it. Whether he's a drunkard, whether he's a, he's a waste, whether he's like a vegetable lying on the bed, whether he pays your school fees or not, whether he's helping you or not, you have no right to dishonor him. God said a son honors his father. He didn't talk about who that father is. He said a son honors as long as he's a father, whether he has one leg, whether he has one eye, whether he's blind, he's still a father and you must honor him. Say, I will honor my father. Come on, talk to me. Say, I will honor my father. Say it one more time. Say, I will honor my father. Now, write this point down. Every stewardship or assignment is given as an opportunity for men to honor God and the people who assigned him. Every stewardship or assignment is an opportunity given to you to honor God 
and the people who assigned you. What do I mean by that? Anybody who gives you a responsibility, every assignment you are given, whether God gave you that assignment or you were given assignment when you came to church, whoever gave you that assignment, it is an opportunity for you to exhibit honor. It's not given to you for you to be happy. It's not given to you for you to be excited. It's not given to you for you to lift yourself above everyone. It is given to you as an opportunity for you to honor. That's why when people are appointed and they don't honor those who appointed them, they remove them. Because you are not appointed to do your own. You are appointed to do and to carry out the demands of the one that appointed you. That's why one day we'll stand before the throne of God and God will ask us, I gave you this. I gave you that. What did you do to honor me with it? You didn't do anything to honor me. Then he'll push you to the left. Because you didn't honor me. The stewardship assigned to you as a pastor, as a leader, as an instrumentalist, as a church worker, whatever assignment, it is a stewardship. And the Bible said it is required of stewards to be accounted faithful. at your life. Look at what you are doing. Are you sure you are showing honor? Are you sure you are, you, 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 are, you are seeing that opportunity given to you to honor God and to honor the people who assigned you? The people who assign you, you find people when they win accolades, they stand there, they begin to appreciate people because they know that they didn't get there by themselves. Some people contributed to it. So it's an opportunity for him to honor them by that great honor that has come to them. Some of them, they will take their trophies and they will say, this trophy, I dedicate it to all my followers. Why? Because he acknowledges that it's an opportunity they could have decided not to follow him. When we came back after the lockdown, Papa said something here. He said, pastors who, who acknowledge and respect their members and members who respect the role pastors play in their lives. There has been a shift. There has been a shift. Let's go to the third point. You have to honor because the pastors God has given you or the pastor God has given you they are God's established agents and ambassadors on earth. God himself established them. I will show you a scripture now. God has established them as his ambassadors and as his agents on earth. So if God wants to do something, he speaks to them. If God wants to do something, he channels it through them. So they are God's established agents. They are God's established agents. Wave at me if you are here. Wave at me. Wave at me. Everybody's quiet on me. Wave at me. They are God's established agents and ambassadors on earth. That's who they are. So don't see your pastor as your colleague. Don't see your pastor as your friend. Don't see your pastor as even your husband. Because as long as God is, whether it's in the house, or that's why even in the house, if you command the devil, the devil obeys. Because that authority is not taken from him because he's in the house. No matter where he is, he's still anointed of God. The anointed don't only come on him when he mounts the pulpit. The anointed is operational every time. Then when he's not in church, he cannot carry anointing. I remember one day Papa told me he was driving around Spintess Road. And somebody stopped him in traffic. A lady stopped in traffic and said, Papa, you must pray for me. The lady came out of the car. said, you have to pray for me here. Right outside, you have to lay hands and pray for me. If the oil only functions when he is in auditorium, then it wouldn't have worked over there. 
You see Noah as a drunkard. But Noah lay down naked as he was. His words still carry power because he's a father. You will see uh, um, the, the priest Eli. You see him as a backslidden priest. Somebody who has lost touch with God, but he knew the voice of God. There's somebody that God has started introducing himself to, couldn't even recognize. He had to show him that the one who is calling you, I'm not the one calling you, but the one who is calling you is the father of all gods. He is the one talking to you. Tell somebody, respect your fathers. Come on, say it. Say it like you mean it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. We live in a generation where we are losing respect and honor. People don't care. They will just come on media and come and confront fathers and say any, anything they want to say. I nearly said they say nonsense. I nearly said it. I haven't said it. I nearly said they talk nonsense, but I never said it. Next scripture. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. NIV quickly. Write this point down. You have to honor because God has mandated the father with the, with the word, with the task of watching over your souls. Your pastor has been mandated by God with the task to watch over your soul. Give us the scripture quickly. We're running out of time. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Now look at this. Everybody, let's read together. Go. Let's read together. Uh -huh. Have confidence in your leaders. Will you read for us? Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Uh -huh. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Hold. Obey them so that Hold. they are... Hold. Hold. The Bible said, do what? Obey your leaders and submit to what? Come on, talk to me. To their what? Because they keep what? They keep watch over you. Your pastor is a watcher over your soul. He watches over your soul. God has mandated him to watch over your soul. And they are watching over it. Not just to watch it, but they must give account of it. That's why when you are misbehaving, he must kick you to correct you. Because he must give account. If he allows you to misbehave, he will give account of your misbehavior. Why he allowed it. That's why God was holding Eli to task. Because he failed to control his children when they messed up. Am I talking to somebody today? You are, not, you, are not, you are not responding. Am I talking to somebody today? Glory be to Jesus. When you preach like this, no, nobody shows a seed. Because this one is a serious issue. Glory to God. Let's progress it. The Bible said, do this so that their work will be joyful. Hmm? Is that not what the Bible said? Look at the scripture. We'll continue reading. It said, do this so that their what? Obey them so uh -huh. that their work will be, will be a joy. Look at it. Not a burden. Look at it. The Bible said, obey them. That means honor them, respect them, hold them in high esteem so that when they are working, they are working with joy. They are working with excitement. They are happy to walk into the pulpit because they know that by the time they get into the service, everybody has done what is supposed to be done. So he's coming excited because he knows that my people will get this done. My people will arrange this. By the time I walk into the service, the atmosphere is lit for the power of God to be made manifested. When he's coming and he's thinking, have they done this? Have they done that? Is this one okay? Why is this one not doing this? Why is this not doing that? The work is becoming a burden because it will not be good for you. This is the Bible. Look at it. For that will be of no benefit to who? Come and talk to me. To who? Oh, you are not speaking to. I said to who? To you. It will be of no To the pastor. To the pastor. But to who? To you. To you. 
is of no benefit to you. When the word becomes a burden on him, it's of no benefit. If he's worried, when will he get to the service? Will he be around? Will he be around when the time starts? Will he be there to lead the prayer? Will he be there to organize the people? When he's thinking of the work is becoming a burden on his head. Tell somebody, I refuse to be a burden for my pastor. Oh, you're not talking to me. Say, I refuse to be a burden to my pastor. I refuse to be a burden to my In the pastor. name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now let's look at the next one quickly. Quickly. The pastor, you have to honor them because they are mandated with the grace for impossibilities. And I'll give you scriptures. Pastors have been mandated by God with the grace for impossibilities. I'll show you in the Bible. Grace for impossibilities. Exodus 17 verse 11. We'll read all of them because of time. Exodus 17 verse 11. We will find Moses when Israel was in battle with their enemies. The Bible said when Moses stood and he lifted his hands, Israel had victory. The Amalekites could not prevail. When a man stood there, lifted his hands. Hear me, you cannot mess with your man of God. Because there is a grace upon his life for impossibilities. What was in a man's hand? That when he lifts, victory is coming. Tell somebody, I will help to lift the hand of my man of God. You are not talking to me. Say, I will help lift the hand of my man of God. I will help lift the hand of my and man keep of it up. And keep it up. The higher his hand remains, the more victory you are getting. You can clap if you want to clap. The more his hand comes down, the more you are being defeated in your life. Look at it. What connects a man's hand to victory? It tells you that Moses was a whole institution. Your man of God is a whole institution. Don't see him as a man. He's a whole institution. There is a mystery about him that nobody can explain until we get to heaven. It is a mystery. How God made Moses to lift his hand and whilst his hand was up, he was not the one fighting. He was not the one on the ground. He just remained at the top. Your man of God is not low. He's always at the top. You have to know that. He's always at the top. And when he stayed at the top, as long as he's at the top, tell somebody, I will, I will do everything to keep my man of God at the top. You're not talking. I said, tell somebody, I will do everything possible to keep my man of God at the top. As long as he remains at the top of the mountain and his hands were up, victory was coming. The devil could not prevail. The devil could not touch them. When he brings his hand down, listen, when you do something and your man of God brings his hand down, when his heart sinks because of you, your life will sink. When Moses' hand came down, Israel were being defeated. It's, I, I, I've been thinking about it and I can't understand it. it is, what, what is the connection? A man's hand, a man's hand lifted, victory is coming. He brings his hand down and Israel is going down. May you never go down because your man of God... Oh, you are not here today. I said, may you never go down in your life as the man of God's hand is lifted. So would the Lord lift your hand. The lifting of your life is connected to the lifting of the man of God. Joshua chapter 10 verse 12. They are mandated. I'm talking about grace for impossibility. I'm giving you a lot of points about illustrations about it. The first one is that Moses raises in Exodus 17 verse 11. Now, Joshua controlled the element. Joshua chapter 10 verse 12. Israel was in a battle and Joshua stood and commanded the son to stand still. What 
what authority has God placed upon a man? Joshua chapter 10 verse 12 quickly. What authority has God placed upon a man that when he opened his mouth and he speaks to the element of the sun, the sun stands still. Hear me. Your man of God can lift his voice and whatever has been contending against you, he will say, devil, hold it. It's enough. And the devil holds it. Oh, somebody must hear what I'm talking about today. When he opens his mouth to declare, devil, you can't touch this family. You can't touch this woman and her children. As long as he decrees your word, the element must obey. Any element contending with your life, this morning we command it to hold its peace over your life. You're not here today. I command it to be withheld from your life. Every calamity befalling you and your lineage. In the name of Jesus, as you clap and as you shout, the Lord is causing it to come to an end. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Look at it. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord. In the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children, and he said in the sight, Son, stand still. It's an element. It stood. It stood. It stood. Something has been pursuing you. It is honor that will let a statement proceed. Noah honored God by performing a sacrifice. Help me out. Immediately, the Bible said, and God smelled a sweet-smelling aroma. And God said, I must make a declaration. This man has triggered something. Listen, I told you last week, when you honor the grace, it rises itself on the person that honors it. When a son honors his father, there are things the father does for that particular child that sometimes he doesn't even want any of the children to know about it because that son honors him. Honors him. It is normal. It is not partiality. No. Honor has what it draws from a man. Hear me. I tell people, when you rob a man of his honor, it's like you have taken his life out of him. It's like you are, you are, you are trying to pull his heart from where it's positioned. That's what it means. He controlled the elements. The next point, Second, First Kings chapter 17 verse 11, Elijah locked down the economy. He said, after my word, there shall be no rain. There shall not be any rain. For three and a half years, one man stood, his word locked up an economy. I prophesy over your life this morning. Whatever has been contending with you, we lock it up today. Amen. I don't like this amen at all. Amen. I said we lock up every enemy against your destiny, against your family, against your education, against your ministry. We declare it is locked up today. He said it. Locked it up. First Kings, first Kings, not second Kings, first Kings. First Kings. He locked up the economy. One man. He locked it up. Your man of God can rise up. That business that is fighting with your business, he will lift his voice and lock it up and your business begins to prosper. They carry grace for impossibilities. Next point. Talk about Elijah. There was famine in Samaria. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1. There was famine in Samaria and Elisha stood and said tomorrow about this time they carry grace that shift seasons. Somebody's season is shifting. Amen. You didn't hear me. I said somebody's season is shifting. Amen. I said somebody's season is shifting Amen. today. He shifted the season. The economic season was shifted. He declared, he said, tomorrow about this time a sea of flour shall be sold for a circle. A man's words for impossibilities. Why are you struggling with what you are struggling with? 
honor can take you out of it. It can take you out of it. Exodus chapter 8. Moses shattered the economy of Egypt. When he commanded frogs, when he turned their waters into, into blood, he closed down the economy of Egypt. One man. May the economy of the evil one be shattered because Amen. of you. Amen. I said, may the economy of the evil one be shattered. He closed it up. Exodus chapter 8. He closed it up. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 33. The Bible said, that those generals, the Bible talks about, the Bible said, they stopped the mouth of lions. Hebrews 11 33. They stopped the mouth of lions. They stopped it. These were not ordinary men. Look at it. And how did they do it? Faith. I told you, faith has what it gives birth to. He shattered the mouth of lions. If there's any devil against your life tonight, this morning we declare that that mouth is shattered in the name of Jesus. Amen. We shut that mouth in the name of Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 5. Let me show you three specific things and then I close. Then I close. Deuteronomy 21 verse 5. I want to talk about three things. Quickly. Quickly. Number one. Every man of God, every priest of God, God has mandated him, number one, to minister. They have the, they have the mandate from God to minister. Look at the scripture. Then the priest, the son of Levi, shall do what? Shall come near. For the Lord has chosen them. So every priest is chosen by God. Number one, they have been chosen to do what? To minister. They minister. May the Lord minister blessing to you today. Amen. Oh, I said we minister grace upon your life. They, they have the mandate to minister. First one is what? They minister what? The first one is to do what? To minister. They have the audacity. They have the mandate to minister. Number two, they have the mandate. They have been mandated by God to pronounce blessings. Can you see it in the Bible? Can you see it there? And to do what? And to bless in the name of the Lord. So when they declare you blessed, you are blessed. This morning, I declare you blessed. Amen. I don't like this amen at all. Amen. This morning, I'm not enjoying your amen at all. I said, I declare you blessed. Amen. Because there's a mandate from the Lord for them to bless. And I love the last one. They settle controversies. Look at the last one. Look at the last one. Look at it. By their word. Look at it. This is too deep. This is too weighty. The Bible said, by their word. Every controversy, look at it, and every assault. I wish I was preaching somewhere. I said every controversy. Do you know what a controversy is? Come. Come. Give me the phone. This is the controversy. Come up, come up. Let me demonstrate it so you understand. This is the controversy. This man says the phone is his. This one to say the phone is his. The right to whose phone this is does not lie in their hands. It lies in the mouth of the priest. Oh, somebody must hear this. It lies in the mouth of the priest. So it doesn't matter who is saying what. When the priest declares, final. That's why when the two halots, they came and one said, this is my child. The other said, and Solomon said, bring me a sword, which is the word. What did you see there? He said, by their word. So you can clap if you want to clap. So Solomon lifted and he spoke words. He said, bring me the sword. He said, divide this baby. When he said that, then the one whose right it was, something clicked on the inside. When I decree that this is for him, 
no matter he bought it. Once I have declared it's for you, this morning I transfer some blessings to you. Aye. You are not here today. I said, I transfer some children into your womb. You are Aye. not here today. I transfer some monies into your account. Aye. Am I here at all? Am, am I sure I'm in Eagle's House Chapel? I said, this morning I transfer some longevity of life into your account. Aye. May the Lord extend your life. Aye. Whoever has been killing people, we reduce their lives and we take that and add it to yours. Aye. In the name of Jesus, every assault against your life. That means every attack against you. When they declare it is finished. This is why you must respect pastors. Look at the scripture. Take your seat. My final scripture, then I close. First Timothy 5.17. This is the icing on the cake. First Timothy 5.17. Worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. The Bible said what? Let the elders who rule well be uh -huh. counted worthy of double honor. Uh -huh. Especially those who labor in the word and Those doctrine. who labor in the word and preaching. Give me another version. Give me another version. But preaching. They are worthy not of one honor. Double honor. When you see your pastor, give him double honor. Whose work is what? Preaching and teaching. Give him honor. Give him honor. Give him double honor. Respect him. Honor him. Give him what? The Bible says they are worthy. That means they deserve it. They deserve it. Some people, when they see their pastor, it's like they, 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 are, they have seen the devil. Greeting their pastor is an issue. Only their pastor is an issue. I think they have, I think they, they, they are, they and their pastor are chasing the same girl. So when they see, it's like there's a strife. There's a strife between him and the pastor. It's a strife. When you see, he sees his pastor wear a nice shoe, then there's a strife. Then, then uh, in the service, why pastor? In the service, he gets perplexed. He's, he's confused. He's, he, he's wondering why the pastor is changing his shoe, why he's changing his dress every Sunday, why he's doing that. The Bible said they are worthy of double honor because they labor. They labor. The Bible said they're sleeping. The Bible said they labor. It's not about sleeping. They labor. They labor. Sometimes 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I'll be chatting with Papa. 2 a.m., 3 a.m. A friend of mine called me yesterday. Bishop called me yesterday. 3 a.m. Hey, now so you are still saying I'm in dying. 3 a.m. I was still preparing. 3 a.m. I was still reading my Bible. 3 a.m. I was still before. Sometimes I'll be chatting with him. 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3. He will send me a message. Papa will send me a message. Then we are talking around that time. Then he walks into the pulpit in the morning to come and bless you, to pronounce blessing over your life. And you want to make the work a burden for him. The Bible said it shall be unprofitable to you. Stand on your feet. Unprofitable to you. It's worthy of double honor. Whatever you must do to honor him, honor him. Whatever you must do to lift him, lift him. If you must fast every week for him privately, without telling him, do it. If you must show in his life, do it. You are honoring him. The Bible says they are worthy of double honor. They labor in preaching and teaching. You think it's easy to preach? You think it's easy to teach? It's not reading the Bible like graphic. It's speaking the revelation from the scripture and opening it up for the people to assimilate it. 
they walk and their faith is lifted, they feel like killing the devil right now because something has been triggered in their spirit. It came through the, I'm not talking about motivational speaking. I'm not talking about that. Motivational speaking has no spirit behind it. I'm talking about preaching by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. That's what changes a man. Lift your hands. You're going to pray. I'm talking to God in just two minutes. Father, show me how to honor the servants you have given to me. Show me how to give double honor to the priest, to the prophet, to the father you have given me. Show me, show me. Lift your hands and pray. We believe you have been blessed by this broadcast. Contact me on phone via plus two three three two four four six nine four two nine nine or email me on propwilly at gmail dot com. That is P R O P H W I L L I E at gmail dot com. Follow me on my social media platforms, Facebook page at Prophet William Addison podcast and subscribe to my youtube channel instagram handle and twitter handle at prof willie that is p-r-o-p-h-w-i-l-l-i-e at prof willie and if you're not born again and you listen to this broadcast and you want to give your life to christ say this prayer after me dear lord jesus i know that i am a sinner and i ask for your forgiveness i believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead i turn from my sins i trust you and follow you as my lord and savior in jesus name amen god bless you